Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. Find hidden clues and uncover a murder mystery. Solve mind-teasing mysteries of the Roaring Twenties. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love true crime, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? There's nothing I love more than getting to decorate my very own luxurious state island. The best part? You can chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Hello, listeners. I'm your host, Amara, and this is Black Girl Gone, a true crime podcast. On this episode of Black Girl Gone, I tell the story of 31-year-old Carrie Harris-Wicks, who was stabbed to death in her office at work on June 26, 2008. For almost two years, Carrie was being harassed by a coworker named Craig Armstrong, who made unwanted advances at her that included expensive gifts that she rejected. Despite Carrie making it clear that she wasn't interested in him, Craig couldn't take no for an answer. The day she was murdered, Carrie had gone to HR to report that she and a coworker had found cameras in the woman's bathroom. When Carrie made that complaint, she had no idea that Craig was responsible for the cameras. But a few hours later, Carrie was dead. This is Carrie's story. The story of Carrie Harris-Wick's murder is one that will resonate with many women who have faced similar situations. It's something that's all too familiar, whether it's in a public setting or at work, where women find themselves having to turn down unwanted advances. It is true that most rejections are accepted without incident, but there are some instances in which the response can be dangerous or even fatal. Unfortunately, there are some people who have a difficult time accepting rejection, and their anger can quickly escalate to violence. This can be a frightening situation to be in, as Carrie unfortunately discovered. Her encounter with someone who could not handle being rejected resulted in her brutal murder, leaving her friends and loved ones devastated. This story is a sobering reminder of the risks that women face when simply going about their lives, and it underscores the importance of creating safe spaces for women at work. Carrie's story is a heartbreaking example of what can happen when someone cannot handle rejection and then takes their anger to the extreme. Carrie Chanel Harris-Wicks was born on March 7, 1977, in Tennessee. 
Even as a child, her parents, Marcy and Frank, knew that Carrie was destined for great things. As Carrie began her formal education, it became evident that she was a gifted student. She had a natural curiosity and a thirst for knowledge that drove her to excel in school, and she quickly stood out amongst her peers and classmates. She attended Kirby High School in Memphis, where she was an honor student, and Carrie's passion for learning continued to drive her forward as she prepared for college. She was determined to make the most of the opportunities that lay ahead and to achieve her dreams. Her parents couldn't have been more proud of their daughter and her accomplishments. After graduating from Kirby High School, Carrie was awarded a full academic scholarship to Alabama A&M University. The chance to pursue higher education was a dream come true for her, and she seized it with both hands. She moved to Huntsville, Alabama, and began her journey towards a bachelor's degree in food science. While in college, Carrie continued to do well academically. She never lost her focus. Her family said that her desire to reach greater heights was a guiding force throughout her life. In 2006, a few years after graduating from college, Carrie made the decision to relocate to Atlanta. Now, moving to a new city can be challenging, and for Carrie, that meant leaving behind family and friends and familiar surroundings. However, she was determined to follow her dream, and she was excited about her big move. Carrie ended up landing a job at Cargill, which is a food processing company, as a quality assurance manager. And for Carrie, it was a dream job. She was passionate about the food industry and excited for the opportunity to work for such a prestigious company. As a quality assurance manager, Carrie was responsible for ensuring that the company's products met the highest standards of quality and safety, a role that she was perfectly suited for given her attention to detail, analytical skills, and dedication to excellence. Carrie, however, wasn't done pursuing her education, and so she enrolled at Mercer University in Atlanta, where she was an MBA student. Between being a student and working full-time, Carrie was a busy woman, but that didn't stop her from enjoying life. She loved to travel and vacation with her friends from college, and life for Carrie was going really well, and she was happy living in Georgia. But like so many other women whose stories I tell on this show, evil was waiting to steal everything from Carrie and her family. Shortly after starting her job at Cargill, Carrie had an encounter with a colleague named Craig Armstrong. Craig introduced himself to Carrie, and it quickly became apparent that he was interested in more. However, Carrie was not interested in pursuing anything beyond a professional relationship with him. Even though Carrie showed no interest, Craig persisted. And not long after they met, he baked her a cake, which she thought was nice, but she wasn't really trying to eat a cake baked by someone that she hardly knew. He would often try to engage her in conversation outside of work, and he would frequently compliment her. He was making her uncomfortable, and she had made it clear to Craig that she was not interested in pursuing a romantic relationship with him, but he didn't stop. Now, although Craig's advances were unwelcomed, 
Carrie remained professional and focused on her job. She refused to let his behavior distract her from work, and so she continued to excel in her career. Craig, however, wasn't backing off. For a while, Carrie decided not to go to management. I'm sure she was hoping that he would just get the hint and stop, but he didn't. He started to buy her things, even showed up to work with flowers one day. But Carrie refused to take them. He started buying things that were expensive, and for her 30th birthday, he bought her earrings. She rejected all of the gifts. Carrie thought that by rejecting Craig's advances and refusing to accept his gifts, that she could put an end to his unwanted attention. But despite her clear signals that she was not interested, Craig continued to harass her, leaving her feeling violated. She would notice things in her office had been moved around, and she thought that someone was going in her office when she wasn't there. One time, she even thought someone had followed her from work. She told her brother, who instructed her to drive to a police station, and she did, and the car ended up driving past her, but the incident shook her up. For months, Carrie suffered in silence, trying to deal with the situation on her own. She tried to avoid Craig as much as possible, but he would not leave her alone. And so, finally, she had enough, and Carrie decided to go to HR and report the harassment. She hoped that the company would take her complaint seriously and take action to protect her from Craig's unwanted advances. However, according to Carrie's family, Cargill did not take the complaints seriously enough, and they claim that Carrie was advised by HR to just accept the gifts, which, if true, was terrible advice. Cargill, on the other hand, claimed that they did take Carrie's complaint seriously, and they claimed that Craig was given a written warning and was instructed not to make any contact with Carrie unless it was work-related. Carrie's experience with Craig had left her feeling uneasy, and so she hoped that by reporting him to HR that she could put an end to the harassment once and for all. She probably felt some relief when she heard that he had been given a written warning and instructed to stay away from her. And so I'm sure that she hoped that that meant he would finally get the message and leave her alone. But even with the ongoing harassment from Craig, Carrie stayed focused on her work. She was dedicated to her job, and she was determined to succeed, even in the face of the adversity. Carrie had found fulfillment in her work at Cargill, and she enjoyed the challenges and her role as a quality assurance manager. And so as Carrie worked towards a promotion, she actually felt optimistic about her future there. However, there was more to Craig Armstrong than Carrie knew, and she had no idea that she was actually in danger by being on his radar. It's not clear if Craig ever stopped harassing Carrie after her HR report, but a few weeks after she reported him, Carrie found out some very disturbing news about Craig. And one night, Carrie went out with a coworker of hers who she had become friendly with. The coworker was aware of what Carrie had been going through, and she was worried about her, especially 
considering what she had found out about Craig. Apparently, Craig Armstrong had a dark and dangerous past that Carrie and no one else seemed to know about. Her coworker, however, had discovered that Craig had spent time in prison for a horrific crime. He had brutally murdered his ex-girlfriend. According to court records, Craig, who was residing in New Jersey at the time, had viciously beaten his ex-girlfriend to death with a hammer and then strangled her in 1992. The gruesome details of the case were enough to make anyone's stomach churn. Carrie learned that Craig was convicted of manslaughter but had only served half of his 10-year sentence. After he was released from prison in 1999, he then decided to move to Georgia, hoping to start a new life. However, his twisted and violent tendencies soon resurfaced, and just a year after his release, he was arrested again in 2000 for stalking a woman in a public bathroom. This time, he received a one-year sentence for his crime. And it must have been shocking to find out that she was working with a convicted murderer who was also harassing her. I mean, Carrie was completely blindsided when she learned about Craig's past. It was one thing to deal with the harassment in the workplace, but the realization that she was working with a killer added a whole new layer of terror to her situation. I mean, how had Craig managed to get a job in their company? Had he ever shown any signs of violent behavior towards others? And was Carrie the only one being harassed? Or were there other victims who had kept quiet out of fear or shame? In the end, the revelation about Craig's past only added to the stress and trauma that Carrie was already experiencing. And it was a stark reminder that sometimes the people that we work with may not always be who they appear to be. But neither Carrie or her coworkers knew that this would end in the ultimate tragedy. After moving to Atlanta in 2006, 31-year-old Carrie Harris Wicks began working as a quality assurance manager at a fruit processing company. She was excited for the next chapter in her life, but shortly after she began working, she met a man named Craig Armstrong. He started hitting on her and buying her unwanted gifts. She finally told HR and was hoping that the harassment would stop. Shortly after making her complaint, Carrie found out disturbing details about Craig's past. But she had no idea that she would become his next victim. By 2008, Carrie was in the final stages of completing her MBA and was eager to secure a promotion at her work. However, the past year plus had been challenging for her due to the unwelcome advances from her colleague, Craig Armstrong. Despite this challenge, Carrie had remained steadfast in her pursuit of success, and with graduation around the corner, she was looking forward to a bright future and leaving the uncomfortable situation with Craig 
behind. By the time Carrie had reached this point, the situation with Craig had become too much for her to handle alone, and she had confided in her family and close friends about what had been going on, and they were all really concerned for her well-being. Carrie's family and friends were, I'm sure, shocked to hear about the unwanted advances from Craig and the effect that it was having on Carrie. And she told them all about the uncomfortable and sometimes intimidating situation she had faced. But there wasn't much that they could do besides give her advice and encouragement. Her best friend said that she wanted Carrie to quit, but Carrie wasn't going to allow Craig to win. In June 2008, Carrie achieved a major milestone in her life. She completed her MBA. It was the result of years of hard work, dedication, and sacrifice, and she was rightly proud of herself. After all, it was not easy to balance work, studies, and dealing with the situation at work. She also received the promotion that she had been seeking, and it was a validation of her skills, abilities, and proof of her hard work. It was the beginning of another new chapter for Carrie, and she was really excited. However, Carrie chose to keep the news to herself. Despite her excitement, she had always been a private person and preferred to keep her personal life separate from her work life. She didn't want to make a big deal about it and was happy to quietly celebrate her achievements with her family and close friends. But when her supervisor found out about her graduation, she made a big deal about it and made sure that everyone knew about Carrie's accomplishments. And Craig, of course, was one of the first people to congratulate her. Now, like I said before, it's not clear what happened after Craig was given that warning. At that point, it had been well over a year since Carrie had first reported his behavior to HR, but I don't know if he ever actually stopped the harassment. However, her graduation gave him an opportunity to try and get her attention again. He not only made sure he was one of the first people to congratulate her, he also, again, bought her an expensive gift. This time, it was a Palm Pilot, which was like a handheld organizer. It was not the kind of gift that you would give to a coworker, especially one that had complained about you. But that didn't stop Craig. He still thought it was a good idea to give Carrie that gift. However, just like all the other gifts Craig had attempted to give her, Carrie refused to accept it. And she told Craig in front of everybody that she could not take the gift. After everything that had happened and the things that Carrie had found out about Craig, she was worried about his reaction when she wouldn't accept the gift. She wanted to be careful in how she handled it, but she also knew that there was no way that she could take the gift from him. Carrie's discomfort and frustration over the interaction was palpable. The situation had caught her off guard, and she felt like she had been put in an uncomfortable position. Her instincts were telling her that something was not right, and she had every reason to feel that way. After all, Craig had given her an expensive gift, which 
was not only inappropriate, but it also seemed like an attempt to buy her affection or influence her in some way, even after her repeated rejection of him. Carrie's brother Jason was equally disturbed when he found out about the gifts. His anger was rightfully directed at Craig for his inappropriate behavior and at the situation that put his sister in such an uncomfortable position. In an interview with the killer beside me on Investigation Discovery, Jason shared his concerns about his sister's safety. He said he knew that something was clearly wrong with Craig, and he urged Carrie to be careful around him. He recognized the potential danger of the situation, and he wanted to make sure that his sister was okay. But despite his concerns... Jason trusted his sister's judgment and believed that she would tell him if she was truly afraid. He was worried about her, but he knew that she was strong and capable and could handle herself. However, what she told him had left him concerned, and he knew that he would have to keep a close eye on his sister and the situation with Craig. Sadly, however, Before Jason could find out more about Craig or what was happening, things would escalate to a point that no one could imagine. Not long after Craig attempted to give Carrie that gift, another disturbing incident occurred. On June 25, 2008, Carrie and a coworker of hers were both in the women's bathroom when they noticed a black cosmetics bag sitting on a shelf. Now, normally that wouldn't have been a big deal, but there was something strange about the bag. And when Carrie and her coworker looked closely, they noticed a red flashing light. And when they opened the bag, they found a camera. It was a shock to Carrie and her coworker was not something that they had expected to find in the bathroom at their workplace, and it left them feeling violated and disgusted. The discovery of the camera raised a lot of questions and concerns for both of them. Who had placed the camera there? How long had it been there? What had been recorded? And were they being watched or monitored in other ways? The possibilities were unsettling. A camera in the bathroom was a clear violation of Carrie's privacy and safety, as well as the other women that she worked with. It was calculated and predatory and had likely been going on for some time. Carrie felt betrayed by someone who she had worked alongside, and she also worried about the impact that the incident would have on her job and the company, but both of the women knew that they had to notify HR. The same day, after they found the camera, they went to HR. However, by the time they went to the office, the HR rep had gone home for the day. And so the women had to wait until the following day. And so Carrie kept the camera in her possession to keep it safe. On June 26, 2008, Carrie arrived at work and went to HR as planned. The surveillance footage from inside the building captured Carrie walking towards HR, and in her hand, she's carrying the cosmetic bag with the camera. As fate would have it, as Carrie makes her way to the office, Craig saw her 
and the bag that she was carrying. And he immediately knew what was happening because he was the person who had placed the camera in the bathroom. And he knew that he was about to be caught. When Carrie and her coworker told HR what they found and showed them the camera, they were horrified and they immediately called the police. And when police arrived and viewed the footage, they too were shocked. The footage showed a clear act of voyeurism. The seriousness of the situation was not lost on anyone involved. And the investigation began to find out who had placed the camera in the bathroom. At that time, neither police nor Carrie and her coworker knew that Craig had placed the camera. After speaking to HR, Carrie went back to work. She had done her part by turning over what she had found and didn't have anything else to offer at that time. The situation was now in the hands of HR and the police. But Craig, having seen Carrie and the camera on the way to HR, knew that it was only a matter of time before they figured out that it was him. And when he saw the police arrived, he knew it was over. But instead of leaving, Craig decided that he was going to get revenge. A few hours after Carrie made the complaint to HR, Craig is seen on the same surveillance cameras walking towards Carrie's office. And in his hand, he's carrying a butcher knife that he found in the kitchen. Carrie had been in a meeting, and so he waited for her to return to her office. And when she did, Craig stabbed Carrie in her back and her neck. Detectives said it was likely that she never even saw it coming. Just a few feet away, Carrie's coworkers were having a lunch meeting. Their meeting was interrupted by sounds of screaming. And so they ran towards where the screams were coming from and saw Craig running out of Carrie's office. When they entered, they found Carrie lying on the floor, bleeding from her wounds. The knife he used was still stuck in her neck. By the time EMS arrived, it was too late. Carrie was dead. There was no mystery about who had committed this murder. People saw Craig leaving Carrie's office, and so police immediately put out a be on the lookout for Craig Armstrong. The following day, Craig was arrested when he was pulled over. And during his interrogation, Craig claimed that he had evil inside of him, and he claimed that a person named Frank inside his head tells him to do bad things. On August 16, 2010, Craig Armstrong went on trial for Carrie's murder. The prosecution presented evidence of Craig's past criminal history that included the murder of his ex. They also introduced evidence about the camera that he used to spy on coworkers. Police had discovered thousands of hours of footage, and Craig would use ID pictures of the coworkers he filmed and would put them on the tapes that he downloaded to organize the footage. 
it was sick. The defense tried to claim legal insanity. They used the information that Craig had told police about the voice in his head. Their hope was that a jury would be sympathetic if they painted their client as someone who was mentally ill. The jury, however, was not convinced, and Craig was convicted of Carrie's murder and sentenced to 90 years in prison. For Carrie's family, the conviction was bittersweet because although her killer was behind bars, they believed that her death could have been prevented. When they found out about Craig's violent past, they questioned why Cargill would ever employ him. And once Carrie complained, they believed that Cargill should have acted immediately and fired him. Her family ended up suing Cargill for what happened to Carrie, and the lawsuit was settled out of court. The murder of Carrie Harris Wicks is a story that hits home with so many people, me included. If you have ever had to stay off someone's unwanted advances or had to complain about a coworker's inappropriate behavior, then you know that Carrie could have been any of us. Carrie was a woman who had worked hard to get where she was in life. Just weeks after earning her MBA, she was dead, murdered at work. Her story is a sad one, and one that could have easily been prevented. No one should go to work and be harassed. No one should ever have to die the way Carrie did. Craig couldn't handle the rejection. He tried really hard to get Carrie's attention and continued his harassment right up until the very end. In reality, he should have never been let out of jail after he killed his ex-girlfriend. He should have been serving a life for that brutal murder. And if he had, Carrie would still be alive. The only good thing about this story is the fact that Craig Armstrong will never be able to kill another woman because he will spend the rest of his life in a Georgia state prison. May Carrie Harris Wicks rest in peace. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. We'll be back next week with a brand new story. In the meantime, make sure you follow us on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.